Hello, we are reading The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We're at chapter three, how Dorothy saved the scarecrow. When Dorothy was left alone, she began to feel hungry. So she went to the cupboard and cut herself some bread, which she spread with butter. She gave some to Toto and taking a pail from the shelf, she carried it down to the little brook and filled it with clear, sparkling water. Well, that's what brooks do. Toto ran over to the trees, began to bark at the birds sitting there. Okay, that's what dogs do. Dorothy went to get him and saw such delicious fruit hanging from the branches that she gathered some of it, finding it just what she wanted to help her help out her breakfast. All right. Then she went back to the house and having helped herself and Toto to a good drink of the cool, clear water, she set about making ready for the journey to the city of emeralds. Dorothy had only one other dress, but that happened to be clean and was hanging on a peg inside her bed. It was gingham with checks of white and blue, and although the blue was somewhat faded with many washings, it was still a pretty frock. The girl washed herself carefully, dressed herself in the clean gingham, and tied her pink sunbonnet on her head. She took a little basket and filled it with bread from the cupboard, laying a white cloth over the top. Then she looked down at her feet and noticed how old and worn her shoes were. They surely will never do a long journey, Toto, she said. And Toto looked up into her face with his little black eyes and wagged his tail to show he knew what she meant. <laughs> I like dogs. At that moment, Dorothy saw lying on the table the silver shoes that had belonged to the Witch of the East. I wonder if they'll fit me, she said to Toto. They'll be just the thing to take a long walk in, for they could not wear out. Yes, but on the other hand, silver shoes. That's gotta be painful. She took off her old leather shoes and tried on the silver ones, which fitted her as well as if they had been made for her. <laughs> Cinderella, eh? Come along, Toto, she said. We'll go to the Emerald City and ask the Great Oz how to get back to Kansas again. She closed the door, locked it, and put the key carefully in the pocket of her dress. And so, with Toto trotting along soberly behind her, she started on her journey. There were several roads nearby, but it did not take her long to find the one paved with yellow brick. Within a short time, she was walking briskly towards the Emerald City, her silver shoes tinkling merrily on the hard yellow roadbed. The sun shone bright and the birds sang sweet and Dorothy did not feel nearly so bad as you might think a little girl would who had been suddenly whisked away from her own country and set down in the midst of a strange land. Well, that is how kids behave on the risk assessment. And second, anything novel interests them. I'm not scared of novelty.
when we become adults, we like having habits. We like having things that we're used to around us. Anything new becomes scary because it threatens those habits in a way, I guess. Now, on the other hand, I am a complete idiot who doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. So this might be completely wrong, but this is my interpretation of it. She was surprised as she walked along to see how pretty the country was about her. There were neat fences at the sides of the roads, painted a dainty blue color, and beyond them were fields of grain and vegetables in abundance. <laughs> I remember seeing this brick wall on Reddit, a curvy wall. And for whatever reason, it seems like Oz, or whatever the land is called, I think it is called Oz, would have bricks laid out in that curvy fashion. <laughs> she was surprised as she walked along to see how pretty the country was about her. There were neat fences at the sides of the road, painted a dainty blue color, and beyond them were fields of grain and vegetables in abundance. Evidently, the munchkins were good farmers and were and able to raise large crops. Okay, I think Kansas grows crops and that's how this is related but all right once in a while she would pass a house and the people came out to look at her and bow low as she went by for everyone knew she had been the means of destroying the wicked witch and setting them free from bondage gossip well that travels fast doesn't it the house of the munchkins were odd looking dwellings for each was round with a big dome for a roof. All were painted blue, for in this country of the East, blue was a favorite color. Everyone had a favorite color, had the same favorite color. <laughs> All right. Towards evening, when Dorothy was tired with her long walk and began to wonder where she should pass the night, she came to a house rather large than the rest. On the green lawn before it, many men and women were dancing. Five little fiddlers played as loudly as possible, and the people were laughing and singing, while a big table nearby was loaded with delicious fruits and nuts, pies and cakes, and many other good things to eat. Well, there is a feast. The people greeted Dorothy kindly and invited her to supper and to pass the night with them for this was the home of one of the richest munchkins in the land, and his friends were gathered with him to celebrate their freedom from the bondage of the wicked witch. <laughs> I was reading this book called The Dictator's Handbook. For whatever reason, I, this paragraph reminded me of it. One another interesting thing to notice is that there is a concept of wealth in the society. There are people that are richer than the other. It's not clear how they're richer from the, than the other. I mean, why didn't the wicked witch steal all this person's grain? Or whatever wealth he had. Be that gold, those bricks. Okay. Dorothy ate a hearty supper and was waited upon by the rich munchkin himself. 
whose name was Bok. Okay. Then she sat upon a settle and watched the people dance. When Bok saw her silver shoes, he said, You must be a great sorceress. Why? asked the girl. Because you wear silver shoes and have killed a wicked witch. Besides, you have white in your frock and only witches and sorceresses wear white. My dress is blue and the white and white jet, said Dorothy, smoothing out the wrinkles in it. It's kind of you to wear that, said Bok. Blue is the color of the munchkins and white is the witch color. So you know you are a friendly witch. Dorothy did not know what to say to this, for all the people seemed to think her a witch, and she knew very well she was only an ordinary little girl who had come by the chance of a cyclone into a strange land. Yeah, I know where this is. Okay, so she happens to be wearing the right colors. These could be her church clothes. And she's dreaming because those are the only that is the only good dress that she really owns. And then she's retrofitting the story. But on the other hand, this is also very interesting. Fate has brought her the dress. So if we're just residing within the level of the story, fate has brought her the dress and in that dress lies the fact that she is a friendly but she is powerful at the same time. She's a witch. And that signals to the locals that she is powerful. And on a higher level of analysis, let's say, this is a girl dreaming about going to Oz, a place she must have heard from somewhere that she's dreaming about right now. And now she has her church clothes lying about and that's her best pair of clothes and she wants to fit that right back into the story. And besides, none of the words till now are words that would not be encountered by a child. At least I don't think so. When she had tried watching the dancing, Bok led her into the house, where he gave her a room with a pretty bed in it. The sheets were made of blue cloth, and Dorothy slept soundly in them till morning, with Toto curled up on the blue rug beside her. Which is another interesting thing. None of them have really talked about Toto yet. But alright, there's more blue. What do you think blue is supposed to represent? She ate a hearty breakfast and watched a wee munchkin baby who played with Toto and pulled his tail and crowed and laughed in a way that greatly amused Dorothy. That's probably crowed. Toto was a fine curiosity to all the people, for they had never seen a dog before. Oh, finally he can say how far is it to the Emerald City? the girl asked. I do not know, answered Bok, gravely, for I have never been there. It is better for people to keep away from Oz unless they have business with him. But it is a long way to the Emerald City, 
and it will take you many days. The country here is rich and pleasant, but you must pass through rough and dangerous places before you reach the end of your journey. This worried Dorothy a little, but she knew that only the Great Oz could help her get to Kansas again. So she bravely resolved not to turn back. Yeah, this is a bit like saying, you really only have two options. You either see the hurdles that you have or you see the final goal that you have. You see the hurdles, you're never going to cross them. If you see the final goal, the hurdles are bearable. Besides, as the Buddhist say, life is suffering. And that this could be a metaphor for the path of life itself. That's very interesting for a young girl though. So if if on that higher level of analysis what a girl is feeling, this would be very interesting for the girl to simply be dreaming about a dangerous path. Is why should a girl or child dream about danger? They should only really see the boundless opportunity of the world. All right. She bade her friends goodbye and again started along the road of yellow brick. When she had gone several miles, she thought she would stop to rest, and so she climbed to the top of the fence beside the road and sat down. There was a great there was a great cornfield beyond the fence, and not far away she saw a scarecrow placed high on a pole to keep the birds from the ripe corn. Dorothy leaned her chin upon her hand and gazed thoughtfully at the scarecrow. Its head was a small sack stuffed with straw with eyes, nose, and a mouth painted on it to represent a face. An old pointed blue hat that had belonged to some munchkin was perched on this head, and the rest of the figure was a blue suit of was a blue suit of clothes, worn and faded, which had also been stuffed with straw. On the feet were some old boots with blue tops, such as every man wore in this country and the figure was raised above the stalks of corn by means of a pole stuck up in its back. While Dorothy was looking earnestly into the queer painted face of the scarecrow, she was surprised to see one of the eyes slowly wink at her. Oh no, the scarecrow's alive! She thought she must have been mistaken at first, for none of the scarecrows in Kansas ever wink. <laughs> But presently, the figure nodded its head to her in a friendly way. Then she climbed down from the fence and walked up to it, while Dodo ran around the pole and barked. Good day, said the scarecrow, in a rather husky voice. You know why? Because it's full of straw. Did you speak? asked the girl in a wonder. In wonder. Certainly, answered the scarecrow. How do you do? I'm pretty well, thank you, replied Dorothy politely. How do you do? I'm not feeling well, said the scarecrow with a smile, for it's very tedious being perched up here night and day to scare away crows. 
Can't you get down? asked Dorothy. That's also pretty characteristic of children. They don't really know what reality is like. This, that's a question only a child would ask. Can't you get down? asked Dorothy. No, for this pole is stuck up my back. If you'll please take away the pole, I shall be greatly obliged to you. Dorothy reached up both arms and lifted the figure off the pole. For being stuffed with straw, it was quite light. Thank you very much, said the scarecrow, when he had been set down on the ground. I feel like a new man. Dorothy was puzzled at this, for this sounded queer to hear a stuffed man speak and to see him bow and walk along beside her. Who are you? asked the scarecrow, when he had stretched himself and yawned. And where are you going? My name is Dorothy, said the girl, and I am going to the Emerald City to ask the Great Oz to send me back to Kansas. Where is the Emerald City? he inquired, and who is Oz? Why don't you know? she returned in surprise. No, indeed, I don't know anything. You see, I am stuffed, so I have no brains at all, he answered sadly. <laughs> I know I've read this in, I think, Simon Singh's book, where he talked about the Wizard of Oz, an episode of Wizard of Oz in either Futurama or The Simpsons. This book's name is Simpsons, The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secret, by the way. So, in that book, one of the interpretations to this, I remember, was uh, that the scarecrow is stuffed and is supposed to represent a farmer. Well, that doesn't seem quite right in this context. I mean, if you look at the context till now, I don't know, it doesn't seem quite right that the author in this game, Mr. Baum, I apologize for my pronunciation. It's not going to match yours, but you get the point. So, I don't think Mr. Baum tried to represent farmers. All right, anyway. I have no brains at all, he answered sadly. Oh, said Dorothy, I'm awfully sorry for you. Do you think, he asked, if I go to the Emerald City with you, that the Great Oz would give me some brains? I cannot tell, she returned, but you may come with me if you like. If Oz will not give you any brains, you will be no worse off than you are now. That's characteristic of a leader, right? They point towards a certain direction, they bring along people that they find, they bring along with them people that they find on the journey. To, to achieve a goal and they don't really know whether they would be able to achieve the goal overall but they're able to convince the followers that it's better than the alternative that is true said the scarecrow you see he continued confidently i don't mind my legs and arms and body being stuffed because i cannot get hurt 
if anyone treads on my toes or sticks a pin into me, it doesn't matter, for I can't feel it. That's the benefit of not having a brain as well, I guess, or being stuffed. That's the benefit of being stuffed. But I do not want people to call me a fool. And if my head stays stuffed with straw instead of with brains as yours is, how am I to ever how am I ever to know anything? Which is a very healthy dose of irony because he knows that he does not know. So he knows that he does not know and he knows that he needs a brain to know. Therefore, he already knows. So then there is an aspect of the leap. So I'm trying to look at it from the leader and the follower perspective. I'm going to be shifting the story quite a lot. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, I like analyzing it through this lens. So, he says, he justifies his reason to follow Dorothy to the Emerald City where they would find the Great Oz. And it's not necessarily logical besides the fact that he wants, the Scarecrow wants to follow a leader in this case, which is Dorothy. On the other hand, it can also be that the Scarecrow that the girl is again dreaming and the scarecrow is one of the objects that she frequently sees. And it's already mentioned, this scarecrow is not like a scarecrow that is found in Kansas, but there isn't too much of a difference. It's anthropomorphized, basically added human characteristics to a scarecrow. And that's not too large of a jump because you already have scarecrows that look like human bodies. I mean, that's why they're kept in the field, so that they scare the, sca- scare the crows, right? Yeah? This book can be looked at through many, many, many lenses. The most consistent till now is the one where the girl is dreaming, because you can explain quite a lot. <sighs> you see, he continued confidently. I don't mind my legs and arms and body being stuffed because I cannot get hurt. If anyone treads on my toes or sticks a pin into me, it doesn't matter, for I can't feel it. But I do not want people to call me a fool. And if my head stays stuffed with straw instead of with brains, as yours is, how am I ever to know anything? I understand how you feel, said the little girl was truly sorry for him. If you will come with me, I'll ask Oz to do all he can for you. Again, a leader making a promise to their followers. Thank you, he answered gratefully. They walked back to the road. Dorothy helped him over the fence, and they started along the path of the yellow brick for the Emerald City. So now she has a follower. Toto was a follower in a way. Well, then he always was there. It's not like he is a new Toto the dog is a new character. So you always start with someone who's following you and then you gather people along the way. 
Toto did not like this addition to the party at first. There's jealousy. He smelled around the stuffed man, as if he suspected there might be a nest of rats in the straw, and he often growled in an unfriendly way at the scarecrow. Well, that's obvious. If you introduce a new person to the group, not everyone's going to like it. And in this case, a rat's nest could signify uh, the darkness in the scarecrow. I mean, the dog is looking for darkness in the scarecrow so that Dorothy, the leader, does not get hurt by the darkness of the scarecrow. Don't mind, Toto, said Dorothy to her new friend. He never bites. She stated a fact over here as well. But at the same time, there's also a certain amount of trust that she's placed in Scarecrow as well. Because, well, he doesn't bite and that's a fact. But Toto was looking for something else entirely. It's like Toto knew that he doesn't bite. But he was looking for things within the Scarecrow that the Scarecrow himself could not control. But Dorothy is willing to take the chance. And in a way, in a certain way, it's pretty naive that she's making the jump. Oh, I'm not afraid, replied the scarecrow. He can't hurt the straw. Do let me carry that basket for you. And the scarecrow has been truthful or has has revealed all about himself. And that's why he doesn't have to be scared. Because he knows there isn't anything Toto would find. And that's why he tells Dorothy that it's fine that Toto would search the Scarecrow out for any darkness. And in that way, Toto would also trust the Scarecrow, not because Dorothy instructed the Scarecrow, uh, instructed Toto, but... Toto would would uh, would 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 be friendly to the scarecrow because Toto himself trusted the scarecrow as well. In a way, Dorothy is placing the scarecrow above Toto as well. Why? Or the Scarecrow is second in command in place of Toto. Because she is willing to take the Scarecrow along and has asked Toto to restrain from searching the Scarecrow. Oh, that's a pretty long monologue. And the Scarecrow says he's not afraid. Well, yeah. I shall not mind it, for I can't get tired. I'll tell you a secret. Wait. Alright, I think I lost it and I'll probably lose you with that as well. Let me repeat the paragraph. Oh, I'm not afraid, replied the scarecrow. He can't hurt the straw. Do let me carry the basket for you. I shall not mind it, for I can't get tired. I'll tell you a secret. He continued as he walked along. There's only one thing in the world I'm afraid of. What is that? asked Dorothy. The munchkin farmer who made you? No, answered the scarecrow. It's a lighted match. End of chapter. That's some pretty serious 
knowledge about self. You're not scared of the creator, but of the destroyer. I mean, the the scarecrow is self-aware. He knows what to be scared of. He knows what can possibly destroy him. And he's not scared of the munchkin either. Now that's very interesting to understand why. Because the munchkin himself can carry the lighted match. But he's not scared of munchkin then. He's scared of the lighted match. Which again comes from self-awareness. Because that's the only thing that would actually destroy the scarecrow. And I am close to time. I'm close to 30 minutes. Yeah, that's the end of the chapter. This was a very interesting chapter. It talks about how the scarecrow, how Dorothy starts on the path and rescues the scarecrow. And how she brings in her tiny team of people that are going to the Emerald City were to meet Oz to request she being the leader of the group. Very, very fascinating indeed. <laughs>